place of belonging, a place to feel seen and to be noticed today. That's sort of going to be the theme of where we're going today. I, like, I also want to apologize um, if there's anyone that's online. This, this is the second time that we've talked about people being noticed, and the second time that when we've done that, there's been uh, interruptions online. So I just want to, I just want to clock that. And just to say, if you know anyone who isn't well and anyone who's at home right now who can't be here um, and aren't able to interact this morning online, maybe you could give them a text this week or maybe you could call to visit them this week and just to say, like, I, I see you and God sees you and you, you're not alone in all of this. So I, I would encourage you for that um, in all of that. So yeah, it's been, it's been a fun week around Sandalfest. I have honestly really enjoyed it. The energy levels are um, almost at depletion, but it's been good. It's been really good. And look, it can't happen without a whole team, an army of volunteers. That's been right from the moments that um, there's been flyers handed out to um, uh, making tea and coffee and to putting games and putting artwork together and all the things in between. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. Um, if you're here and you're wondering, why do we do this thing called Sandalfest? Why a community festival? Because we, we do want it, like our um, website says, and like our mission statement for Sandalfest says, we want it to be a week that is filled with joy and celebration. We want to be a blessing to the community around us. But we're also a people of good news. And we don't want to be ashamed of that. We are confident in that good news. And so whilst we always want to create a space of welcome and a space of belonging, we also want to take that opportunity to be able to um, say to you, we have good news for you. <laughs> and we really want to share that with you, whether that's through a conversation or whether that's through a moment like this. Um, and we'll never change from that. So whether you see us next week or you meet us in the community in a month's time or a year's time, we are still the same people. We are people who are filled with the gospel good news. That's what the word gospel means. It's a good news if you're unaware of any sort of um, Bible understanding at all. You'll have heard that word gospel. That's what it means. It's good news. And in a world that's filled with chaos and it feels like constant bad news in the media, we want to be a people who are rooted with a joy and with uh, a good news that comes from outside of our, ourselves. And as we've chatted to many people this week and we've heard their stories, I just I believe that this morning's talk sort of shaped itself um, based on the needs of the people that we've got to chat to this week. And so I want to start with that story. If you want to keep it up on the screen behind me, um, Sam, just so that uh, you can follow along, hopefully, in Luke 19. If you do have a Bible... Um, you can follow along in that, Luke 19. And if you don't have a Bible and you're here and you'd like one, then come and see some of us at the end and it would be our joy to give you one. This morning or this week, every morning, we've been having a devotion times that have been led by Wallace. Really grateful for that, Wallace. Um, he, he has taken us on this journey of looking at meals that people had with Jesus. And one of them was this boy over here is a case that Jesus had a meal with found in Luke 19, and all we know about this guy is that he's short, that he's the chief tax collector, and the Bible says he was wealthy. So those are three things to take notice. When the Bible says something, we want to take notice of those things. Because for me, it seems like being the chief tax collector, he's got a sense of um, position in society. And when the Bible says he's wealthy, he probably had a lot of money, a lot of dollar. And so he seems to have it all together. 
in a worldly sense. That's what we can um, take from this. He wants for nothing. And yet the undertone in all of this is there's something awry within them. There's something that's not right. Because when this teacher that we know now with hindsight is Jesus, the Messiah, but this teacher, this rabbi, who was um, around the area at that time, beginning to get a bit of a name for himself, he was healing the sick in Jesus' name, in his name, in the Messiah's name. He was preaching freedom for those who were captives. And there was beginning to be a bit of a furore about him. And he came to Zacchaeus' town. And it says that Zacchaeus, this short little guy, climbed up a tree to see this guy. What I see in that moment is this is someone who is longing to be noticed. He's probably spent all of his life as a wee little man just being overlooked physically. But I think emotionally and spiritually and in life in general, he's been overlooked and he's longing to be noticed. You may say this may be just because this guy was popular. Jesus was a popular teacher. He just wanted to be seen by him. But I think in Jesus' response for it all, we get to the heart of it because Jesus says in this, Jesus stops for a moment and he notices him up the tree. This guy who has been isolated. Because the thing is, as a chief tax collector, what would have happened in those times? They were seen as the enemy because the area was under Roman occupancy and they were collecting taxes for this foreign government. And so they were going against their own people by doing this. So Caius would have been one of those people going against his own people and probably, because this was the thing for most of them, an outcast in his own family. Isolated in society and yet when the king of kings walks past him, he notices him in a tree. There seems to be something as well that when Jesus speaks to him that we see a shift in his heart because, again, if you're not aware of what the tax collectors would have done, they would have taken way more than what um, was owed to the government at that time so that they could pocket a little bit to themselves. And no one would have said anything because the Romans were happy. The taxes were still being collected. And these guys, this wealth was accumulated by being a fraudster, basically. And so there's no doubt in my mind, this is someone who is on the sidelines of society. But something seems to shift because not just does he take from people, as soon as he has this conversation with Jesus and invited to eat with him, something in his heart changes because he gives away four times what he had taken from people. He gives them back. And that, that change of heart just doesn't happen in someone without an outside perspective in all of that. And Jesus' words confirm this. He says this word, you may have heard of this before, salvation has come to this house today. What that word salvation means, it's a repentance moment. Again, that's another big biblical word. What does it mean? It means someone has decided in that moment that because of Jesus and what he was able to, to bring to this man's life, he said, I am going to follow him for the rest of my life. I'm going to mimic his life. I'm going to live through the power of his spirit. I am going to choose to follow Jesus. Jesus says salvation has come to this house. But here's the other thing in this. And this is why I believe the good news has so much more to it 
than, than the, the crux of it being salvation, but there's so many more after effects of that that I want to share with you this morning. Because look, he says also, this man is a son of Abraham. And so this, this man who has been isolated in community finds what? Not just connection, not just community, but he finds family. He finds a place in God's family in all of this. And just setting that aside for a moment, I want to speak into your heart because maybe you are here this morning and you feel lonely. You might be in the middle of all this gathering of people and yet you happen to feel lonely. You just want someone to speak to you. You feel unnoticed. You feel overlooked. And I say there's a good chance of that because the research that's been done by government and by um, the campaign to end loneliness shows that just almost half of the people in the UK are living with occasional loneliness in their lives. There's some sense of loneliness that's there. But this one breaks my heart because it sounds like 7.1% isn't a lot. There's literally millions of people in this country who are living with chronic loneliness. No one to spend time with them. No one to say hello. No one to even crack a smile at them. And they feel lonely. And if that is you today, I want to say to you, part of the good news, part of the gospel is that like Zacchaeus, there is a God in heaven who notices you. He sees you today. And that is worth far more than any of us agents who dressed up in wigs during the week at a quiz to notice you. The God of all creation sees you this morning and he knows your heart and just like Zacchaeus he knows what needs to be spoken into it at this time he knows the healing that you need he knows and offers you a freedom from a sinful life the freedom from the punishment of those sins and freedom from the judgment of those at the end of days he offers you that but also and if you want to chat to us a little bit about that more, because you'll probably hear a lot of that, um, come and chat to us at the end. We'd love to explain more of that to you. But also, not just that salvation, that freedom from sins, he also offers a family to belong in. He is offering you today a family to be part of. And that has always been his heart. This is not just our words. It's not just buzzword things to say. It's more than just community that's offered out there in social gatherings. It's God's heart. Psalm 68 verse 6 says, God sets the lonely, where? In families. See, that's the good news because we are, we are a people who follow Jesus, who have accepted his gift for us but we are a family who follows a God who offers not just connection or community. Because you can find that in many places, honestly. But we, are, we follow a God who offers family. Family, a place to be seen and to be known. A place to feel welcome and to belong. And of that, if you, if you haven't got that word belonging in your head yet, what I want to do is just reveal a little bit of a community artwork that happened yesterday. Annalena and Katrina have been working on this and headed us up this week. And the kids were able to throw paint bombs at it yesterday. And this is a little declaration that we want to declare. Every time someone walks into this center, it's going to be on the wall in the mezzanine that you belong. Not just here, but you belong 
to him, the creator of all the heavens and the earth. Wallace, will you give me a wee help with this? When young children come and they find a place to just be creative together, they find a place to belong and all of that. But what I want to say to you is, we're just a church family and we're not perfect. We don't get this right all of the time, sadly. We do want to welcome you, but there's something that's even greater than that. Not just church family, because you can find that no matter what, okay? But I long for you to be part of God's family. To be part of his family, that is so much better than just a local church family. That is not just here, but that is anywhere right now where people are gathering to follow Jesus, to worship him on a Sunday morning, wherever it's at in the world, they become your brothers and sisters. We've been praying for people this week um, all around the world, in Albania and Uganda and Portugal and Cameroon and England and the south of Ireland, brothers and sisters in God's family. There's this beautiful thing that we can go anywhere in the world and we find a place to belong in our family, God's family. It's so much wider for that and it will be a family for eternity. And so I hear you say, how do I be part of that family? Well, here's the good news. See, Jesus' word says, whosoever believes in me, who, not me, Ricky Linton, in Jesus, whosoever believes in Jesus, whether you're young or old, whether you're male or female, whether you're rich or poor, whether you think you're a good person or you're not, there is a place for you in this family, in God's family. John 1, 12 says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's it. So it's not just the belief. You believe in him, but you also receive him into your life through the Holy Spirit. When you decide, I am following this Jesus. He gives you the right to be part of his family, which I'll be honest, is much better than just a local church family or community. Now do you begin to see a little taste of why this good news is so much more. It's why we want to communicate this at every opportunity we get in our lives. And some people go about that in different ways. It's not wrong or right. It's, we just choose to do it in our everyday. We want to talk and communicate who Jesus is, the good news of who he is. And so I want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. At the end, when we finish in a, in a few more minutes, there's going to be some people here at the front who would long to pray with you. A prayer is nothing scary, honestly. They're good people, they won't bite. <laughs> if you just, if you're feeling overlooked, if you're feeling you need someone to notice you, they will pray with you. And that invitation, if you want to receive him in your life, if you want to begin to follow him, they would love that. You can do that by chatting to the person beside you as well or grabbing some of, one of us in a t-shirt and if you are at home and this has got online by this stage, if you want to hear more, you can get in touch with us as well. And I want to invite you along in September time, four Sunday evenings. We're going to begin on the 17th of September. We're going to have a Skeptics Cafe. It's just a space to come and to ask the questions that you have about this. Because it's all right for me to stand here and just talk to you. 
We want to give you an opportunity to find a place of understanding for this. And you may choose. That's not for you. That's your decision. But at least give yourself an opportunity to allow those questions not to be a blockage anymore. If you hadn't heard enough on this, I want to show you two more things really quickly. And this is in Romans 8. So you can remember this. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to it. Romans 8 verse 15. Because remember he said we receive him in us. We receive him. When we choose to follow him, we accept that gift that he has for us. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We receive the living God inside of us. And when we live that life, this is what it says. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought you about into adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. You see, when we live as God's people, when we live as part of his family and we're filled with him, fear, and and I want you to hear this, fear does not have the last word. It doesn't mean that you don't be fearful in life, but it does not have the last word in your life. Do you hear me? Why? Because we might still have tough times. We might still have worries, but God Our father of this family offers us himself. And he says, just cry out to me, Abba, Father. That word is not about infancy, it's about intimacy. It's literally translated as Papa or like it might be us saying Dad or Daddy or whatever. It's about this intimate relationship with him. And he has promised that no matter what you go through, as part of my family, I'm not leaving you. I will not forget about you. I am here to the end of time for eternity. I will be with you. So there's not one day, and I'm really sorry if um, your your only experience has been through maybe an an earthly child and father relationship that hasn't been the best. But I want to point you to a perfect father in heaven who is a perfect father and who will love you unconditionally and who will not hurt you and who will protect you. Why? Because he is a good, good father. He is the Abba. And because of that, you see, there's more. (laughs) You get to have a hope, a true hope that lasts forever. It doesn't end. See, as God's family, like I say, we're not immune to suffering in this world. It says in Romans 8 that we will share in his sufferings because if Jesus had to go through it and he was the perfect one, we're going to have to go through it. That's just life. But here's the thing. As a people of good news, as being part of his family, we have a hope that is much better than it might get better. You have the strength within yourself to get through or any of these airy-fairy self-help sort of stuff that just offers some sort of false hope. We have true hope. True hope in a father who says one day there will be no more grief and no more pain, and no more tears when we are together as family. We'll see him face to face. And that's what he offers you this morning. He offers you, yes, salvation. this freedom from the sins in your life. He offers you a family to belong in. He offers you that you do not need to be fearful. It will not have the last word in your life. Why? Because you have a hope for the future. Why? Because he offers himself and he offers hope. And that to me is good news. Amen. That is why we do community festivals. That's why we have coffee shops to connect. That's why we have this center. Because we want to build connection with you. But we won't shy away. 
doesn't matter whether you choose to accept us or not, we are still going to love you. But we always will be a people who want to carry that good news to you. And our longing and our hope is that for you, we want to welcome you into a place where you belong in God's family. So I do want to invite you to take that opportunity to respond if you can. With someone at the end, grab someone to pray with you. As you hang around for the barbecue and tea and coffee and all of that, chat with people. Um, there's no pressure in all of that. It's simply an invitation. But I'm going to pray for us right now. Jesus, I want to thank you that you are good news. <laughs> that you came to seek and to save the lost. Not those who have it all together, but those who feel lost in life, who feel like they have nowhere else to turn. And you are so much, I want to declare this this morning, you are so much more than just some crooks to get through life. You are the crooks, the where the crucifixion happened. You are the center point of all of history. And we choose to fix our eyes in you afresh this morning. Lord, I pray for anyone who feels like Zacchaeus, overlooked, who needs to be noticed, that they would know that you, the God of all creation, notice them this morning. And I pray, Lord, that this might even be the morning. This might be the morning that they are welcomed in, not just to your church family, but to your family for the first time. And for any of us who needed to hear that good news again, I pray that that would revive us afresh as part of your family. So we just pray, your Holy Spirit, you will take these words, these seeds that have been sown, and you would water them for your name's sake, Lord. We lift the name of Jesus high. I say thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen.